Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Now available on Apple Podcasts, Podcast One, Spotify, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. Okay, you guys, there is so much more to life than just workouts and healthy recipes. This is all of those real moments, the good, the bad, and the sometimes hilarious things that make life so worth living. So how do you live it? This is the Let's Do Life podcast with me, Autumn Calabrese. What's up, you guys? Welcome to another episode of Let's Do Life with me, Autumn Calabrese. Today, we are talking all about food sensitivities. This has been a question I have been asked about so much, really over the last several years. And it all started with the fact that I myself was diagnosed with um, some pretty severe food sensitivities. So I want to dive into it. I want to talk about it. But what I want to do really is take you guys back five years um, to when I first started having issues and sort of walk you through my story so that you understand what was going on. Because my biggest message that I want you to get from this podcast is to listen to your body and to never stop fighting for yourself and for your health. Okay? Those are the really the, the two biggest messages that I want, want to get across today. So five years ago, right after my 35th birthday, it was crazy. Actually, I remember my brother saying to me right before I turned 35, he's like, oh yeah, 35, it's all downhill from there. And I was like, yeah, yeah, whatever. And, you know, I just brushed him off. Here I am, fitness and nutrition expert. Things are going great in life. You know, it wasn't like, I wasn't going to wake up on my 30th, 35th birthday and everything was going to be different. Um, and I decided for my 35th birthday to go all out. So my friend and I were taking a trip. We decided to go to the Maldives. And that had been on my bucket list for 10 plus years to go to the Maldives. So here we are, 35th birthday, life is going great. I'm on top of the world with my career and everything. And we get on the airplane. We've got an insane two days of traveling just to get there. And we're going from Los Angeles to Dubai, flying towards New York. And we're in the air. We're like three hours in the air. And my neck keeps itching. My neck keeps itching. And I open my phone up and I turn it to selfie mode. And I notice that from my neck to my shoulder, I'm covered in hives. And I freak out because we're 35,000 feet in the air on a 17-hour flight to Dubai, and my neck is covered with hives. So brings up some old, it brings up some triggers for me, some triggers from when I was a kid. It's something I'll talk about in a different podcast eventually with anxiety and everything. But it basically brings up this fear of not being able to breathe. And so I look at my girlfriend and I'm like, oh my God, I've got hives all over my neck. And she's like, why? And I'm like, I don't know. And so we sort of call the flight attendant over because at this point I'm panicking like, like, is it going to get worse? Why am I breaking out? Am I going to, is my throat going to close up? And the long and short of it is this, like you guys, I'm telling you, it's like crazy. Like the, the stewardess or the flight attendant at this point is now radioing down to my doctor. Like she's like, what's your doctor's number? Let's find out. So they conclude that more than likely I was having an allergic reaction to an, to a medication I was being given for traveling 
to the Maldives. That That's sort of what the conclusion was. Not 100% sure because there's nothing in that medication that I would have been allergic to, but that's what they're assuming. They tell me, like, don't worry, we've got an EpiPen on the flight if we need it. And here, like, so the rest of the flight, I'm in, like, panic mode. Mind you, again, 17 hours of, like, what's wrong with me? And uh, so we get to the, we get to Dubai, we get from Dubai, we two more flights. I get Benadryl in Dubai just in case. At this point, the hives have basically gone away. Um, we go to the Maldives and my anxiety has kicked in. And from that point on, from the trip to the Maldives, back home, which was like a 10-day trip, okay, my, my anxiety is through the roof. I can't get rid of it. Now, mind you, the hives don't come back. There's nothing wrong. Um, stop taking the medication. But the anxiety doesn't go away. We get back home, and the anxiety doesn't go away. So we get, when I say we get back home, I mean we get back to Los Angeles. And I start to notice over the course of the next few weeks and few months that not only is my anxiety not going away, it's getting worse. It's spiraling pretty bad. Now, I'm also at this point in the middle of um, production and development, I guess. I should say more development than anything on country heat. So I'm working crazy hours um, and, and I can't get a hold of my anxiety. Like I'm crying at home every day and I don't know why. All I keep thinking to myself is, what the hell just happened? Like 35th birthday last week. I'm great. I'm fine. I get on this flight. I have this little hives outbreak and I can't get a grip on life. And it continues to spiral. Anxiety starts to turn into depression. And I like depression does, I will say this, it runs in my family. I'm not the only one that has it, but mine is fairly mild compared to other members of my family. But again, months and months of this, and the anxiety is getting worse, and the depression seems to be getting worse. Now, I'm still functioning. I'm still going to work. But, like, I'm functioning in this really sort of chaotic space. Uh, just, like, I feel like inside my body feels like there's a tornado happening. Outside, I'm getting through it all, but inside, it feels like there's a tornado happening. And then... I start to notice that I'm losing weight. Now, most people right there would be like, oh, awesome, losing weight. I want to lose weight. Yeah, that's not good for somebody that's my size. Okay, I'm already at a very healthy weight. I don't need to lose weight. And losing weight on my frame doesn't look good, meaning it, like I look, I start, was starting to look sick. The only issue was, is I didn't know why. Nothing had changed in my diet. I was still eating the way I had been eating for years very healthy, very clean, um, balancing my macronutrients, portion control, drinking my water. So aside from the anxiety and the depression, it didn't make sense. And and I remember my dad telling me, because my dad does have pretty bad depression, um, when he would be dealing with bad depression, that he would lose weight. And I kept thinking to myself, like, is that why? Like, am I dropping weight because of my anxiety and my depression? But like, I'm eating, like I'm still eating God, at that point, I was eating like 22, 2300 calories a day. I was still working out. I was still lifting weights. But the weight is fall, like the weight is falling off. 
And on top of that, then I notice my muscle definition is going away. But again, I'm still working out just as hard as I had been for all my competitions that I had been prepping for. I had done hammer and chisel before country heat and was shredded beyond belief. Probably the most muscle I've had on my body was at that time. And like, I can't figure out why I'm losing weight and I'm also losing muscle definition. So at this point, I start to talk to doctors, go call my general practitioner, general practitioner calls me in and, or brings me in and says, um, the general practitioner says, Autumn, you know, I think you're really worn out. I, I haven't seen you looking this tired. I think you're working too hard. I, th- I really think that's all it is. You need to get some rest. And I was like, well, I mean, I am getting rest. I mean, I'm getting basically eight hours a night, but yeah, I'm working pretty hard. So, okay, maybe that's it. Kind of like buy into that theory for, I don't know. I might've bought into that theory for a week or two, but in my heart of hearts, I knew that wasn't the case because I actually function pretty darn well with a busy schedule. It's just something I thrive on. Okay. So now I have to get into the nitty gritty details and people are probably going to laugh that I'll talk about this on a podcast, but it's important to talk about because without all the details, I'm, I'm not doing you guys a service. So first the anxiety and the depression, then the weight loss, then the lack of muscle definition, and then the bowel movements get really weird. For me, I have a stomach of steel. I always have very regular bowel movements, healthy bowel movements, your your bowel movements. Okay, it, it's been described as your bowel movements. When it comes out, it should look like the shape of your intestines. Like it should be solid. It should be in the shape of sort of your intestines. It shouldn't be super loose. Uh, it shouldn't look oily. It shouldn't float. That means there's too much gas in there. So all these things. So I start to notice, one, I'm going to the bathroom way more, and I have a very loose stool at this point, which is not normal for me. So again, I call my general practitioner and I say, hey, you know, this doesn't seem right. Like, I'm really going to the bathroom way more than I should be, and it's very loose, and like, maybe that's why I'm, I'm losing weight. And so he says, okay, we, maybe we need to check for a parasite. You've been traveling. You've been all over the world. Cause not only had I been to the Maldives, I had been to, oh God, where did we go that year? The Dominican maybe, or, or Mexico. We had gone for a, for a success club trip. I don't remember which one at this point, but bottom line is I had been traveling. So my doctor says, maybe you have a parasite. So come in, we'll do a stool sample and we'll check for a parasite. But before we even get the results back, let's put you on a very high, strong dose of antibiotics to potentially kill off any parasite, just in case. So at the time I say, okay, no problem. So I start taking the antibiotics and I happen to look at the bottle a day or two after I start taking it and I'm reading some of the side effects. And one of the side effects was that rupturing of your Achilles tendon. Like for whatever reason, people taking this particular antibiotic tend to have a higher risk of rupturing their Achilles tendon. And instantly that scared the crap out of me because obviously my whole life and career revolves around fitness. I can't risk rupturing my Achilles tendon. So I call my doctor back and I say, yeah, I'm not going to take this because there's a risk of an Achilles tendons rupture. And 
I don't need that in my life. And he says, no problem. We just got your test results back anyways. You don't have a parasite. So I'm a little bit annoyed, right? Because at this point, my doctor has put me on an antibiotic without ever having, like the test hadn't come back yet. And he already had me taking the antibiotic. It was a very strong antibiotic. And then obviously three days later, we find out the antibiotic was useless. This is an important important note, you guys, because it's going to come into play when it comes to food sensitivities. Let me backtrack a few years and tell you that um, in college, I had a really bad case of walking pneumonia and bronchitis. And ever since that really bad case of walking pneumonia and bronchitis, I'm prone to bronchitis. It seems I get it once or twice a year. And so once or twice a year, I get put on antibiotics for bronchitis. So I had already for years been taking antibiotics at least twice a year for bronchitis, if not for other things as well. And then here I am again. And I could tell you at that point, I had probably already taken a round or two of antibiotics for bronchitis that year. And then my doctor put me on this really strong antibiotic. Okay. Antibiotics are are designed to do what? They're designed to kill bacteria. You guys, they don't differentiate between good bacteria and bad bacteria. It's like dropping a bomb inside your body. And it kills all the bacteria, the good and the bad. And we do need bacteria in our body. In fact, we are more bacteria than anything else. If you look at the amount of bacteria that are in our body, we have more bacteria than like cells in our body. Okay. Uh, It's in our gut. It's on our skin. It's everywhere. And we coexist with this bacteria. And our bodies, like I said, they're designed to function better with the good bacteria. The good bacteria does certain things that like our body can't do for us. That's why we have them. So here we are taking antibiotics constantly. And I'm not saying antibiotics are bad. I'm saying when we don't need them, they're bad. They're definitely overprescribed nowadays. And I'm the first to admit it because I was the one that would like ask for a pack every time I had a cough no matter what, because I was like, oh, let me just knock it out. I don't have time thinking that the z pack was going to do something. And it didn't always do something because obviously if it's not bacterial, it's not going to help you. So, um, so yes. So my doctor had put me on that. Now at this point, I start to have more issues. So I come off the antibiotics, which means I still don't have an explanation for my loose stool, my anxiety, my depression, my weight loss. Uh, with the loose stool, I tend to, I started to have um, really bad gas. Like I said, I'm just putting it all out there for you guys right now, being totally honest. Um, like embarrassing, terrible, like none of this is good, okay? The, all of this was making it harder to just live life normally because it's like, oh my God, I constantly have to go to the bathroom. I have to be careful, like gas, da-da. I'm losing weight. I was starting to get really mean comments on social media, people telling me I was anorexic and I wasn't practicing what I preached, which is really hurtful because here I am trying to figure out what's wrong with me and I know something's wrong with me, but it wasn't an eating disorder. It wasn't that. It was it was something else. So I start seeing a therapist about the anxiety and depression. That's not, wasn't really helping and again, therapists are great, but it wasn't, it just wasn't helping me. I was talking and talking and talking, but the anxiety and the depression wasn't getting any better. Um, at this point, you guys, I'm trying, I'm now eating like, I'm actually eating junk food at this point. Like I'm going to the store and buying donuts because I'm trying to put weight back on. Like 
Normally, I would never do that. But I was just like, all right, I'm just eating cheeseburgers and fries and like donuts and whatever I can to just try to put some weight on. And it's just not working. And I'm trying to lift heavier weights to get my muscle definition. And nothing is working. So I'm getting more and more frustrated. Then I start to have issues as I'm running dance routines for country heat. I'm finding it harder and harder to breathe. It's like there's an elephant sitting on my chest. And I would stop in the middle of it and I'd be like, God, it's like so hard to take a deep breath. So at this point, then I go see another specialist, creme de la creme here in Los Angeles. And the doctor runs a test on me and he says, your numbers are amazing. Some of the best numbers I've ever seen. And he looks at me and he's like, I don't think there's anything wrong with your breathing. And I was like, okay. And he's like, maybe it's a different kind of doctor you need to see. And I said, do you mean a therapist? And he said, yeah, I don't think there's anything physically wrong with you. So this doctor is telling me basically it's all in my head and that I need to see a therapist. And I said, okay, well, I'm already seeing a therapist. (laughs) Great. But I'm telling you something is wrong with me. I know my body. So I go to another doctor. uh, And this doctor tells me without running any actual physical like blood work, saliva stool, anything like that. This doctor tells me, oh, I think you have candida. Candida is an overgrowth of bad bacteria in your gut. So, okay, you need to follow a candida diet protocol, get rid of the candida, and you'll be all better. So for three and a half weeks, I start following this candida protocol. If you've ever had to do this, this is extremely difficult because candida thrives on sugar, basically. So you can't have carbohydrates really of any kind. You're basically on a ketogenic diet. Some people might love that idea. For me, that's not good. I don't function without carbohydrates, okay? Now, mind you, again, I'm in, I'm in product development on country heat. I'm working my ass off. And I, I feel like at this point, I just feel like a train hit me. I'm, I'm worn out from the anxiety, from the depression, the weight loss, Um, I'm stressed out about the fact that my body doesn't look the way I want it to look for a filming of a program. Um, I'm having all these loose stool movements. Doctors are telling me that basically it's in my head and I'm crazy and there's nothing wrong with me, but I don't feel good. Physically, I don't feel good. Like every time I eat, my stomach hurts. I'm just a mess. And, And then I had to go to Dallas to teach a couple of Beachbody coaches the country heat dance routines so that they could run a test group for me. So I'm like in Dallas trying to do this, working these long hours, and I just feel like I'm falling apart. Okay, this goes on for three years. Long after the filming of Country Heat, um, well into the development of 80 Day Obsession, Three years, you guys, three years, I have tests after tests after tests run on me. And for three years, doctors tell me nothing's wrong with me. I have the healthiest blood work they've ever seen. And they all keep implying that it's in my head. And hey, you're not 20-something anymore, so like you still look great. Don't worry about it. I'll be honest, I was at the point of giving up. Really, I was. I was just like, okay, maybe this is just what like... 37 going on 38 is supposed to feel like. Didn't really think that it would feel like this. Didn't really think it would look like this. But maybe that's just what it is. Like I've seen every doctor there is. I don't know how many more tests can be run on me with 
everything coming back inclusive or like there's nothing wrong. And we're getting, at this point, like I said, this is three years. So we're well into prod dev of 80 day obsession. And I'm like, I I just, I got to give it one more shot. I'm going to go the exact opposite route because I truly believe that we can heal our bodies with what we put in it. And so I look up natural paths in my area. Now, mind you, for three years, I've been doing all my own studying. I had been reading um, everything I could get my hands on, trying to like self-diagnose. I even signed up for and went through the Integrative Institute of Nutrition year-long nutrition course, figuring that maybe I'd get some answers there because it's a lot of forward thinking. It's the newest science. And guess what? I actually did. I need to backtrack to that. I really did. As I went through IIN and went through that year-long program and listened to the lectures from some of the top doctors and top scientists and, and things like that, it was starting to become clearer. I kept hearing food sensitivities, food sensitivities, microbiome, gut biome. Uh, like I kept hearing these things and I was like, what is this? And this is starting to sound more and more like maybe this is my issue. And there was like a doctor in New York who was amazing dealing with gut issues. And I actually tried to, tried to get into that doctor. I wanted to go see, I was willing to fly to New York and go see that doctor. At this point, like I said, I was desperate and I just wanted some answers. I couldn't get into that doctor. That doctor had such a long waiting list. I couldn't get in. So I decided, all right, that doctor was a, a natural path. Let me find a natural path near me and just see if they have anything else to offer me other than what I had already been told. So I go see an amazing doctor here in Los Angeles, Dr. Angela Agrios, and she sits with me. Well, first of all, she sends me like 15 pages of paperwork to fill out. Fine. No problem. I was happy to fill it all out, tell her everything that had been going on with me. And I go to her office and I sit down with her for two hours. And for two hours, it's just her and I in that room. And I tell her every symptom that I have had over the last three years, the anxiety, the depression, the weight loss the lack of muscle definition, the loose stools, the terrible gas, my stomach hurting when I ate, um, just everything that had been going on. And for two hours, she listens. No judgment. She hears every word I say. She's taking notes like feverishly as I'm talking. And at the end of that time, she says, okay, I think I have a pretty good idea of what's going on. Obviously, I want to run some tests to be sure. And I said, okay, well, what, what do you think? And she said, well, I think it's one of two things. I think you have something, either you have something going on with your gallbladder, or I think you have some pretty bad food sensitivities. We're going to check both. I said, okay. She said, so I'm going to draw some blood today. It's going to take me a few weeks to get that back. But I'm also going to send you for an MRI on your gallbladder just to make sure we don't have any issues there. Sends me for the MRI. MRI comes back all clear. Nothing wrong with my gallbladder. Okay. Three weeks later, the blood work comes in and I'm a mess. Okay. So turns out severe food sensitivities because she had run a food sensitivity panel on me. She had checked for, um, well, I had, we had done the Eliza food panel test and then there's one other food panel test that we had done, um, because they check different things. They check different enzymes and inflammation levels. There's actually three different ones that they check. But it comes back, and mine, I have things that are off the charts. And the things that are off the charts are the things I had been eating 
every single day for years and years and years. Eggs, my favorite breakfast food, off the charts. The charts are one to a six. I'm a six with eggs. Nuts, pretty much all nuts. There are five. Mind you, I love peanut butter. Real, natural, organic peanut butter. Love me some peanut butter. Almonds, ate them all the time. Um, hazelnuts, like you name it. Cashews, walnuts, like it's especially as a competitor, like these are like, this is where we get our healthy fats from. So like I ate nuts all the time. Um, turns out can't have nuts. Flaxseed off the charts. Number five for me as well. Oh my gosh. Well, flaxseed, we use it in tons of, you know, healthy recipes. It's it uses an egg substitute sometimes. So basically, like I said, I, and, and then dairy was like a three and a half or a four for me. Um, gluten was sort of, I think around a a moderate sensitivity for me, but my biggest ones were eggs and nuts. And those are things that I had been eating every single day. So my doctor says to me, she's like, you got to cut those things out immediately. Cannot have them anymore. And she says, but here's the bigger problem. She says, because this has probably been what's been the issue for three plus years, you also basically have leaky gut going on. So what happens is I'm eating these foods that I'm sensitive to. My body doesn't like it. It starts to weaken the lining of my intestines and food particles start to leak out. And then that can lead to so many other things. A lot of times it can lead to autoimmune diseases. I'm not saying all the time, but it can. Okay. So she's like, you, you also have leaky gut. We, ha- we need to heal your gut lining for sure. And then also, you are extremely deficient in a lot of your vitamins. In fact, so much so that if I just saw this blood work, I think I would, you're malnourished. So even though you're eating really healthy because you have so much inflammation in your body from these severe food sensitivities, you're not absorbing anything. Your B vitamins are gone. Your adrenals are tapped. Your, um, your, your, uh, your zinc is gone. Like, like, what? Here I am, I'm eating, you know, broccoli and asparagus and bell peppers and chicken and fish and fruit and nuts and all the things I'm supposed to be eating. And I'm malnourished. I'm sick. I have leaky gut. Um, I'm a mess. And so that started another journey. That started the journey to healing myself. And let me tell you, that has also not been a fast or easy journey. So first things first, you guys, what did I have to do? Obviously, I had to cut out the foods that were hurting me. For me, it was eggs, it was nuts, it was flaxseed, and it was gluten. I took gluten out too. I just was like, I'm going to take out anything that's moderate or severe. There were some things that came up as mild and and my doctor basically said those were probably coming up more so because I just had so much inflammation that everything was starting to trigger me a little bit, but to remove the ones that were severe and moderate. Within three days of removing the eggs, the nuts, and the gluten, the gas was gone and the bowel movements were getting more firm. Okay, that's pretty cool. Then she started me on a pretty rigorous protocol of supplements to start to uh, replenish my vitamins. Now, 
I'm not going to go into exactly what that protocol was because everybody's going to be different. And that would be something you would want to work with your doctor on. But obviously, I needed to get my B vitamins back up. My adrenals needed support because... I was already tapped out and exhausted from how much work, but then, you know, the fact that my body was so deficient and and all this inflammation. So we started out, like I said, we started a pretty strict protocol. I did everything my doctor told me. Cut those foods out? Absolutely. They're gone. Because when you know that something is bad for your body, right? When a doctor says, this is hurting you, it's so easy to wrap our minds around cutting it out, right? Or at least for the most part. Although I find it interesting that, you know, we say things like cigarettes are bad for you and yet millions of people still smoke every single day. That drives me crazy. Sorry if you're a smoker, but it does. Um, Because I don't understand why why we would want to do things that hurt our body. I love eggs, you guys. Literally, when I left my doctor's office that day when she told me what my food sensitivity test said, and she said I couldn't eat eggs anymore, I got in the car, I called my older brother Bobby crying, and I was like, I can't have eggs. Eggs are in everything. I was like, and he's like, all right, well, we can make some flaxseed recipes. And I was like, nope, can't have flaxseed either. And he's like, ah, crap. Like, what are we going to do for you? And But over the years, and it has, like I said, it's been... It's been a two and a half year process since being diagnosed of healing and slow and steady wins the race and and trying new things and talking to the doctor every six to eight months and getting my blood work checked and making sure that my vitamins were coming up and making sure I'm getting enough sleep and focusing on how I'm managing my stress. All these things come into play. But when we have this much inflammation in our body... Um, it could be really bad. I know we don't always want to stop and think about food and thinking that it could be harming us as much as it is, but you guys, our food can really harm us if you're, if you're eating the wrong stuff. And look, I was, it wasn't even junk food that was harming me. It was what anybody would deem super healthy food. But I asked my doctor, I said, why, why now? I've been able to eat eggs and nuts forever. I said, did I eat too many? And she said, no, that's probably not it. We went back to the fact that I had taken rounds and rounds and rounds and rounds and rounds of antibiotics over the years and that more than likely I had killed off some gut bacteria that I needed that helps me break those foods down. So in addition to cutting out the foods that I'm sensitive to, And then I started using bovine cholesterol to help heal my gut lining. And um, I started eating more anti-inflammatory foods. So I still follow Ultimate Portion Fix. That's my nutrition program. And you can follow it too, you guys. And you can eat an anti-inflammatory diet while following Ultimate Portion Fix. It's actually quite easy. It's actually pretty much designed that way anyways, unless you're eating from the bottom third of the food lists, like eating a lot of processed foods. I cut it all out. I started taking a really good um, probiotic to start replenishing my uh, my gut bacteria. So all of these things have been really important. I, I kept up with my exercise. I kept up with my healthy eating throughout all of it. And it's so important. I point that out because it's so important because so many people go on this journey and they're they're 
exercising and they're eating right or what they think is right and you're not seeing results or you're not seeing the progress that you want to see and you think it's just not working, you give up. And that's why I go back to the message that I started with, which is to listen to your body and to always fight for yourself and your health. If at any point I would have stopped and listened to any one of those other doctors over the three years that kept telling me nothing was wrong with me and I was as healthy as could be, you guys, I wasn't healthy. I wasn't even close to being healthy at that point. Had I stopped fighting for myself, had I stopped advocating for myself, had I stopped looking for answers or learning, had I not signed up through Integrative Institute of Nutrition and gone through that year-long course and seen progressive thinking doctors that were doing the latest research, had I not learned, had I not taken it upon myself to keep learning and keep looking for answers, I probably would be way more sick right now. Like, let's be honest, if it was like another three years, who knows? That much more uh, time with leaky gut, that much more time with inflammation, all of it could have been really bad. About three months into following my doctor's protocol, I woke up one day and I realized something. The anxiety and the depression wasn't there. My anxiety and my depression just wasn't there. My weight was back to my normal weight. I hadn't done anything different. I had still been eating healthy. I had still been exercising, but my weight was back to normal. The gas was gone. My bowel movements were more more regular. They were more solid. Um, My muscle definition was slowly starting to come back. Muscle definition, you guys, that took a long time because everything gets affected. It's a trickle-down effect. When one thing goes off, you have to think about this. The food that you eat, the water you drink, and the air that you breathe, that literally makes up your body. It's what makes up the cells in your body. So if something is harming it, if something is not helping those cells um, reproduce or, or repair themselves or getting rid of the dead cells or the bad cells, if that's not happening, we're going to be in a really bad way. So again, it was about three months after following the protocol that I realized, oh my gosh, everything was slowly going back to normal. And my, again, my point being is if you're putting all that food in that's harming you, not only can you get leaky gut and inflammation, it starts to throw your hormones off because everything works together. Everything works together, you guys. It's so important to remember this. It's such it's such an important topic because as our food supply gets to be worse and worse, and yes, I'm just going to call it like it is, what's allowed in our food here in the U.S., is mind-blowing sometimes, some of the chemicals, some of the food dyes and things like that. It's just wreaking havoc on our system and we have to take power back and we have to take it into our own hands. But you can't give up on your fitness and your nutrition, no matter what. You can't You can't say it's not working, I'm just gonna stop exercising, I'm just gonna, look, I'm eating healthy and it's not working so I might as well eat unhealthy. That's that's not the way to think. And if you're if you are struggling, if you are looking for some guidance, obviously, look, Look, that's what I'm here for. I love what I do. I love being a part of Beachbody. I love having my workout programs on Beachbody On Demand. I've got nine different workout programs on there. So whether you are a cardio junkie or you do want to lift weights and get that muscle definition or dance it out, whether you want to work out for an hour or 30 minutes, uh, if you want to do yoga, you want to do Pilates, it's all on there on Beachbody On Demand. We have over... You know, a hundred different workouts um, on there. 
There's just so much beauty to it. You also have access to my nutrition program, Ultimate Portion Fix, where it is balanced macronutrients, it's portion control, and we do significantly reduce those highly, highly processed foods. Yes, for me, my food sensitivities were coming from eggs and from nuts and things like that. But you need a place to start, right? You need something to to follow. And through Ultimate Portion Fix, I teach you guys to pay attention to how food is making you feel, both physically and mentally and emotionally. So you do my you you watch the videos, you follow the program, you pay attention to how it makes you feel physically, emotionally, and maybe just maybe you start to recognize, hey, every time I eat this, that's when I get gassy. Hey, every time I eat this, that's when I don't feel good, like my stomach hurts. Or maybe you realize, oh wow, I've been eating way too big of portions or hey, I haven't been eating enough. But again, the beauty of it of Beach Body on Demand is that it's all right there. Your workouts are there. Hundreds of hundreds of effective workouts for all fitness levels bodybuilding, weight training, cardio, yoga, dance workouts. They're all right there. My nutrition program is right there. If you guys want to check out Beachbody On Demand, you can text AUTUMN, A-U-T-U-M-N, to 303030 to get a special free trial membership, you guys. You need a place to start. You need a plan. And then that's that's how that's one of the ways you start advocating for yourself by saying, okay, I'm going to exercise every day. Okay, I'm going to start eating right. And when you take control and you start to see, okay, this makes me feel better, this makes me feel worse, then you can take whatever you're learning from there and you can, if you need to go see a doctor, if you need to get a food sensitivity test, it is a blood draw. It's not a blood, it's not a prick. The get When you get your skin pricked, that's for food allergies um, that's different. So the food sensitivities is a blood draw, but the bottom line is, is take control. Again, if you guys want to check out Beachbody on demand and get that special free trial membership, you want to text autumn to 30, 30, 30. But I will say this again, diving in, taking control, never, never giving up hope and being an advocate for myself is what got me to where I am today. Where I am today, sitting here recording this podcast, is I have my anxiety under control and my depression under control. But again, my depression is mild when I get it. It's I, I understand that some people get it much more severely. But my anxiety is all is pretty bad when I have it. And that is under control. My weight is at a normal, healthy weight again. My bowel movements are normal, healthy bowel movements. Uh, there's no longer gas. My stomach doesn't hurt when I eat. And I feel as good right now at 39 years old, almost 40, three months from 40 years old, I feel as good, as fit, and as strong at 39 and nine months as I did at 33 when I was taking the stage for my fitness competitions. And that is huge, guys. It was a five-year journey from the time my food sensitivities apparently started to affect me to the time I was diagnosed and then actually got myself better. It was not overnight and it's not going to be overnight. So you have to remember that. You have to remember that this is a journey. We're all on it. Our bodies are going to go through different phases. What worked a year ago might not work now. And what works right now might not work in five years, but having a place to start, having a, having a fitness routine, having a 
solid nutrition lifestyle, a lifestyle, not a diet, but a lifestyle, something that can really give you guidance for life, that is a phenomenal place to start. I can tell you guys, um, I will tell you this, some of the supplements that I have used over time have been um, from Beachbody. I'm not saying that as a plug. I don't have a promo code for you. I'm just telling you that uh, I did use a lot of digestive enzymes to help me for a long time because I was low on digestive enzymes. My body wasn't really producing them. Um, so I did use Beachbody's digestive enzymes. I did use, uh, or I do, I, should, I guess I should say, I do use Beachbody's digestive enzymes. I do use Beachbody's probiotics, um, Shakeology, all of it. Like I've done it all. I'm a little, I was, for a while I was careful with Shakeology because it does have flaxseed in it. But once I got everything under control, uh, my doctor said I was cool to go ahead and have it because actually the beautiful thing is, and I just want to end on this note is the last time I got my food sensitivity test done, because I get it done once a year now, just to see. Now my eggs were still high. They were still at like a 4.5 ish. And my nuts were still, I think they were maybe at a four, but that was better than they were when they were at a six and a five. So that had come down. Um, the flaxseed had come down to like a three. Some of the things that were showing as uh, mild sensitivities weren't popping up at all anymore. The inflammation had come down in my body. So first of all, you guys, doctors out there are amazing. Love them. Love what they do. They, they help us in so many ways. I will say this though. When doctors go to medical school, they don't get a lot of nutrition training. In fact, they usually get maybe one semester of nutrition. It's not bad. I'm not blaming doctors. I'm just saying this is not what's focused on in their training, okay? So they're not always going to have the exact answer for you in terms of nutrition. You have to be an advocate for yourself. You have to go in there and say, I want a food sensitivity test and then get that test and get those results that come back to you and use that if you feel like you're having issues. Here's the other thing I'll say. There's like a million symptoms that can relate to food sensitivities. It's why it goes overlooked so many times. I mean, it could be weight loss. It could be weight gain. It could be, uh, it could be loose stools. It could be constipation. It could be anxiety and depression. It could be not be anxiety and depression. It could be... Um, it could be your skin breaking out. It could be cold hands. It could, I mean, like literally when you look up the list, it's so long that it could basically be anytime you don't feel good. It could be a food sensitivity. Okay. So this is where you have to be an advocate for yourself and you have to go out there and say like, if, if you've noticed over time that you're having two, three, four symptoms or more, maybe you go get the test and just see. Nothing, no harm comes from getting tested and seeing. They say on average, 70% of Americans have food sensitivities and it just goes undiagnosed or we have issues with our gut health and it goes undiagnosed. So it doesn't hurt to take a look at it. Okay. That is my message for you guys today is to listen to your body and to be your own biggest advocate. Thanks for listening to the Let's Do Life podcast. I'll see you guys next time. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Let's Do Life podcast with me, Autumn Calabrese. This show is produced by Will Sterling for Podcast One. Be sure to download new episodes every week and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, 
Spotify, or at podcastone.com. And don't forget to leave a rating and review.